Hi, everyone. Before we get started, we would like to ask a favor. Please leave a five-star review and a like on whatever platform you're using to listen to Planet Fear. It's a small thing that helps us so much. Also, don't forget to follow or subscribe because we release a new episode of Planet Fear every week. Warning. Some of the subjects we discuss may be too intense or graphic for some audiences. The world is a fearful place. We are surrounded by people and things that would do us harm. Some walk among us every day, while others lurk in the shadows, a threat unknown. Join us as we discuss all of the things that frighten us most, from the paranormal and unknown, to the true and horrific crimes committed by our very own kind, with Matt Knapp and Lauren Smith on, on Planet, Planet Fear. Fear. Cecil Hotel, Los Angeles, California, opened its doors December 1924, 97 years ago. There are 15 floors and 700 rooms. It's located near the infamous Skid Row and was a great help to those needing cheap lodging during the Great Depression. However, it also boasts more deaths, well, more bizarre deaths, than any one place should have experienced, ranging from ages 0 to 65. Zero? Zero. Oh, yeah. A baby? It's pretty creepy. Right. The bottom two floors are for long-term residents. The Stay on Main, a.k.a. a youth hostel, is on floors four through six. And floors seven and above are the Cecil Hotel rooms. According to long-term residents, anything above floor six is dangerous. There's even a separate hotel entrance and lobby for the residents of the hostel and hotel. That should tell you something. That should tell you something. I didn't even know. Okay. So <laughs> just right out the gate, my introduction to hostels, other than just randomly hearing about them, was the movie Hostel. That, uh, <laughs> my introduction to hostels was the movie Hostel. Yeah. And I went to Germany the same summer I watched that. Nice. Let me tell you. And I had to take a train ride and I kept looking for weird men eating deli meat. I was terrified <laughs> the entire time. Which nobody would ever find in Germany. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't yeah. even know that we had hostels in the United States. I didn't either. I, did, I mean. I thought that was like a European thing. Yeah, same, same. So, no, of course the Cecil Hotel had of a course. hostel. Of course. Um, so the Cecil Hotel was known for at least three 911 calls per day. Hmm. That chalks up to thousands upon thousands of 911 calls for a hotel. Now, you know, when we talked about this, discussing this show and, and the research we were doing for it, you mentioned that hotels have deaths. Yeah. I used to work in the hotel industry. I know there are people who die in hotels quite often. Mm -hmm. And there are 911 calls from hotels quite often. However... The thing that makes the Cecil different from other hotels is, first of all, the sheer number of 911 calls per day, apparently, but also just the bizarre nature of the deaths and the history and the clientele. Yeah, uh, a lot of people go to hotels, motels, places like that to commit suicide, mm -hmm. which I always thought was kind of a nice sentiment to a certain degree because they're going there so their loved ones don't have to deal with finding the body and clean up and that sort of thing most of the time mm -hmm. but then you're putting it off on some poor housekeeper 
that works yeah. at the place that's going to walk into the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be rough being a housekeeper at the Cecil. No joke. So when I worked for a hotel chain, um, a fellow housekeeper of mine walked into a room after announcing herself, walked into the room thinking it was empty and found a man slumped over his laptop, pantsless, Mm. having apparently died from a heart attack. That was not her first body that she has found on her job. Something weird happened to me at a hotel. (laughs) Yeah. Story for everything. It didn't involve anybody's death, though. That we know of. I will say that. No, I I was staying at a hotel here in town. Oh, we're not telling the other story? Okay. No. Oh, well. (laughs) I was staying at Oh, geez. Now look what you've done. No. Me and some friends. Awkward. We're staying at a hotel here in town just for the night. Don't you live here? Okay. I think everybody knows... Why young people go and stay at hotel rooms for the night in towns that they actually live in. I'm not a sinner, so explain. Because your house is being fumigated. Oh, right. Yeah, And you need a place to stay for Mm -hmm. the night. Right. So we stayed at this hotel. And it it wasn't like a sleazy motel in the bad part of town or anything. It was like just a regular hotel. Mm -hmm. Well, we left. And I realized I had forgotten my address book. So I called them. And asked if anybody had turned it in. And they said, well, you'll just have to come up and look in Lost and Found. So drive back to the hotel, go up to the front desk, tell them, yeah, here's my name and everything. Stayed in this room last night, left my planner. And they're like, oh, we've been waiting for you. (laughs) Sometime after I checked out, which I'm always a late checkout. Mm -hmm. And the time that I called them looking for my planner. This is under an hour. Someone had gone into the room that I had stayed in the previous night and somehow smashed the desk, the writing desk. And whenever I say smashed, I mean, they took me to the room and showed me. It was, it looked like somebody took a sledgehammer to it and smashed it into pieces. It was just like laying flat on the floor. And they thought I did it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh you need to check your security cameras or something. Like I did not do this. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted answers at this point. They said that whenever the housekeeper came around, that that's how they found it. And that's crazy. I had left the, it's just something I always do. Whenever I stay at a hotel, I don't check out. I just leave the door open and leave the key card, letting the housekeepers know that I've left the room and that they can come in and clean up. And apparently, somebody took advantage of that situation and decided to smash a desk. Spinning off of that, the first death of the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> You're going to totally just, like, annihilate my story out the gate. Like, Watch People this. at the Cecil are like, oh, a smashed desk, huh? <laughs> Hold my beer. Yeah. First death took place a few short years after the Cecil opened in the form of a suicide. Within the next decade, the hotel would see several more suicides and then a murder. So this is the first murder of the Cecil Hotel. A young woman, 19 years old, Dorothy Jean Purcell, gave birth on the bathroom floor of one of the rooms and then threw the newborn baby out of the window. No. Yes. No. Yes. She claimed that she thought he, that he was a stillborn at the time and didn't want to tell her boyfriend. 
However, it was found out later that the baby was alive when thrown out the window, and Dorothy was charged with murder, but then found not guilty by reason of insanity. Clearly, you throw your newborn baby out the window, you're insane. You know. But, I mean, is that the only, I mean. So when I said ages 0 to 65, I mean zero. I mean, you came out the gate swinging on me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just relaying the first murder at the Cecil Hotel. So we just were talking before we started recording this episode about how I tend to overthink everything, regardless of what it is. And right now, my brain is just racing. Woman doesn't want to tell the boyfriend or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she hid the pregnancy somehow. No, she didn't want to tell the boyfriend it was a stillborn. Oh, okay. But still, throw it out the window? That's what you come up with? (laughs) Well, it was too big to fit down the toilet. There's trash cans. There's just leave it in the room. Something. She wanted to give it a quick and painless death. By chunking the baby out the window. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yep. So Dorothy, old Dorothy, she was the source of the first murder at the Cecil Hotel. After this incident, there would be a long line of deaths and accidents within the hotel, ranging from poisoning to people jumping from the windows to their deaths, stabbings, gunshot victims, drowning, lots and lots of suicide. And due to its history of having a very unsavory clientele and checkered past, there's super conflicting data on just how many deaths are associated with the hotel. Like, some say 16, others say 80. I mean, it's just because of the things that go on at the Cecil, it's really hard to pin a number on it. Well, having opened in, what did you say, 1924? Mm -hmm. I would think, my own guess, the number's higher than 16. Uh, You would think, yeah. I think 16 is just the amount that one source was able to dig up. Yeah. Because the documentary, the manager of the Cecil, ex-manager of the Cecil, she said that it was like 80. Yeah. But this hotel didn't become famous because of the number of deaths. Right. I mean, it's a combination of things. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's where things really get weird. It's not just the fact that people died there, but how they died, Mm -hmm. the circumstances around the death, the other stuff. Yeah. So, you know, there there's a couple documentaries over this, right, um, recent, and they skew facts a little for sensationalism. Mm-hmm. You know, truth is always stranger than fiction. It just might not be as sensational, I guess. Right. So, you know, the most recent and popular thing is the death of Elisa Lane. Right. So Elisa Lamb is a Canadian student. Um, she's staying at the Cecil in the in the hostel part, I'm guessing. And she met a guy and there's, you know, she's staying there and touring the city and, you know, she doesn't have very much money and, she, you know, she's doing the tourist thing. Just wants to see California. Just wants to see Los Angeles. So Lamb goes missing. The thing was, was she was a vlogger or a blogger. Yeah, that's what it was. And she quit. Entering stuff on her daily blog, her travel journal or whatever that she was doing online. And supposedly she would call and talk to her parents every day. And her parents are actually the ones that reached out trying to find their daughter because she hadn't contacted them 
but it was just like a day or two. Right. So I don't even think like anybody took it serious at first, especially with her staying at that hotel. Yeah. They're like, oh, really? You haven't heard from your daughter at the Cecil today? Mm. <laughs> she goes missing and her her death was tragic, but this is just nasty. So some of the guests had complained about low water pressure and that the water looked and tasted funny. Now, these people had brushed their teeth in this water and drank the water and bathed in the water. So the maintenance man goes to the roof, the rooftop water tank, and the hatch was open. Um, Police reports would uh, at first say that it was closed. Mm -hmm. Turns out it was open, and the, the family actually ended up suing the hotel over that. But he looks inside, and he sees the body of Elisa Lamb. So these people... Can we just have a moment of silence for the guests I can't that had even fathom dead body water in yeah. their mouths? In L.A. Like, it ain't cucumber. Yeah. yeah. It ain't lemon. It's lamb. <laughs> well, I, that's what it was. <laughs> and, like, she had been in there a while, too. <laughs> okay. Um anyways so oh <laughs> and then i just thought you know what happens when He's you die thinking yeah there are certain parts of your body that release things inside your body outside of your body oh yeah does it bother anybody else that people were staying at a hotel where their water came from a water tank on the roof but all of them are like that are they? Yeah, like in big cities like New York and L.A., the water tanks well, are on the I roof. don't know. I don't, like, I, mean, I just assume it comes up through the water pipe like it does at my house. Yeah. Flows gravity. It's a whole thing. Well, it's still disturbing. Yeah. Especially when there's dead bodies in it. And the hatch was open. So that probably wasn't the first time the hatch was open. So how many, like, dead pigeons and rats and stuff have they dug out of there? I had a whole thing about someone going and peeing in it, but I guess that's, you know, that's different. Cranky housekeeper. She goes missing. They find her. Video surveillance footage taken from inside an elevator shortly before her disappearance shows her acting strangely, um, pressing multiple elevator buttons and hiding in the corner of the elevator, waving her arms wildly. And this caused widespread speculation about the cause of her death. Basically, people thought, okay, someone was chasing her, following her. She looked like she was running from something. After that elevator video was released, many theories arose about Lamb's death. And people on the internet. Boy, howdy, many theories. Yeah. The, the web sleuths went deep on this one. So they, they had theories about like government cover ups, like Dark Water, the movie. They had theories that a musician called Morbid was actually the perpetrator of this crime because he was known to stay there and for inspiration, morbid inspiration, and had written a song about chasing a woman in the halls and killing her. Yeah, you know, I've read and heard some of that stuff, and uh, to me, it all seems like people really reaching, just trying to be the one that solves the mystery. Mm -hmm. Now, I, mean, I will say the weirdest thing, though, that I have no explanation for is the tuberculosis thing. Yeah. Like a week after they found her body or whatever, a tuberculosis outbreak in the area, they have to like 
give everybody shots and test them for tuberculosis. And one of the treatments involved is called lamb dash Elisa spelled exactly like her name. I don't understand how that's even possible. Yeah. Her name was Elisa lamb, right? Tuberculosis outbreak right after this event, Mm -hmm. like within a, like a week. Yeah. And one of the shots or whatever is called lamb hyphen Elisa. I got nothing. Now, the conspiracy people are all like, she was a bioweapon releasing the tuberculosis to the homeless population to lower their numbers. I don't think that was the case, but I I have no explanation, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, If I die and they come in and say that there's some, like, crazy virus on the loose and they have to give you a shot called Nap Mat... (laughs) You'll know something's up. So here's here's the clincher with Elisa Lamb. So, you know, she was found in this water tank mm-hmm. naked. Yeah. She didn't have any bruises or markings on her body. Her clothes were in the tank. Her clothes were in the tank, as in she took them off and became naked. The hatch was open, so she could have gotten out. And here's the deal. Elisa Lamb suffered from bipolar disorder. Hmm. And during the autopsy, they tested her for any toxins, any right. drugs, anything. She tested negative for everything, including her meds. Mm. She wasn't on her meds. So her erratic behavior could well be contributed to not being on her medication and then, you know, being in a weird place and being in the Cecil Hotel. Because I'm sorry, I would need some sort of mood stabilizer, like to uh, calm me down to stay there because I would be a nervous wreck staying in that place. So there was a guy (laughs) that used to live across the street from me. Uh, This guy was always quiet, fairly well-dressed. I I don't remember where he worked or whatever, but I'm just saying he was just a normal, calm demeanor guy. Then one day, he's out on his front porch with a knife to his throat. (laughs) Cops show up. They have to, they end up shooting him with bean bags and having the canine drag him off the front porch and put him in cuffs mm-hmm. because he wouldn't drop the knife and he's staying on the front porch threatening to kill himself. And it was all because he was off his meds mm-hmm. that he had. He was like on antidepressants, I think. People don't understand that it's not, you hear she was bipolar, mm-hmm. so she was off her meds. Well, bipolar people don't act like it has nothing to do with what the treatment's for it's what happens to your brain whenever the treatment suddenly stops exactly it it has nothing to do with that guy being depressed or her being bipolar right it was the absence of the medication suddenly mm-hmm. that caused erratic behavior like that right in the cecil which in is the a cecil scary where everything shady is, yeah and yeah. The, and some there's no telling she's off her meds you know, there's no telling how long she had been off her meds. And that place is just a bad place. It's a seedy environment. Authorities ruled Lamb's death as an accidental drowning, which the web sleuths were up in arms over because they just don't. That's too boring. They just don't think that because and also there was the whole. Um, the door to the rooftop is locked and only two people have the key, the manager and the maintenance man. So how did she get through the door to the rooftop tank? 
Well, I'm sure at a place like the Cecil, there, everything yeah. is just always buttoned up. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. So that was another thing. They thought it was the manager or the maintenance man and, you know, all the things. So that's kind of the more recent case. So first it started out at this as this nice hotel. Then it became kind of a place for people to go that didn't have a lot of money during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of over the years just became really seedy and devolved into like the mecca of the homeless area and right. just, you know, a seedy, seedy, shady place to go. It got built in the wrong part of town. For sure. We have all this unsavory goings-ons, which attracts unsavory types. Mm-hmm. So some of the more notable unsavory types attracted to the Cecil Hotel. Uh, one of them is Richard Ramirez, whom we have discussed once or twice. I, don't I was going to say, that sounds really familiar. We might have done a show over him, episode Wait, seven. Do you mean Little Richie? Little Richie. <laughs> So, Lil Richie stayed at the Cecil Hotel during his killing spree. It is said, this is fun, it is actually said that the tenants of the hotel saw a man dumping bloodied clothing into the dumpster behind the Cecil and returned to his room on the top floor totally naked. No one reported it, of course, because it's the Cecil. Yeah. Home of things unsavory and violent. Now, Richard was paying a nice $14 a night for his room at the top of the hotel. And we know where he got the money to pay it. <laughs> God, I didn't even think about that. It's terrible. But yeah. I mean, I can see dumping bloody clothes and stuff into the dumpster. Mm-hmm. But walking the halls naked and covered in blood and everybody's just like, well, it is the Cecil. I think that might have been Keep just in mind, added, though. they had a separate entrance. <laughs> he that had his true. own entrance. That is true. And he had a way of finding ways into buildings mm-hmm. without being seen. I'm just thinking about, like, all the bad, cheap motels I've stayed at in my life and what could have been going on outside that door at night. You think of that. Me... I I read, I did all this research on the Cecil, and all I could think was, you know, I always have this huge, massive fear of bed bugs, <laughs> but dead body water, <laughs> like, it could have been so much worse than bed bugs, and I will continue to check for them, but never complain again, because of dead body water. I will always ask, do you get your water from city pipes or from a tank on the roof? To me, that's the most horrifying story of the Cecil. Dead body water. Dead body water. Like, it just, it sticks with you. It makes me want to sniff my water everywhere I go. No. (laughs) Yes. Because, like, the water at my house smells like lake water. Yeah. So I don't drink the water at my house. Right. We drink bottled water. And the water at my mom's house smells like like iron. Yeah. I smell water. Yeah, I can smell water. I I mean, like, wherever I go, I smell it. I, I just... If it smells like sewer or sulfur, like... Here in town, it's heavily chlorinated. Yeah, which is fine. And has fluoride in it. Mm-hmm. And I know people, especially on the internet, <laughs> uh, have lots of things to say about the water, uh-huh. especially if it has fluoride. Fluoride. I don't care. I love fluoride water. Mm-hmm. It's, good it's wonderful. Stuff, you know. Anytime I go someplace and they don't have fluoride water, I can tell instantly. 
Test me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring water from random places in Tulsa. I say that, but then I think about, like, I've literally drank water bubbling out of the ground before. Yeah, so have I. Yeah. The Cecil Hotel boasted, or not boasted, I guess, but... Um, <laughs> Come stay at the Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> home of Richard Ramirez. Uh, so the Cecil Hotel, you know, they had a serial killer there. A well-known serial killer. Because I'm sure they've had more than a few pass through that they didn't know about. Right. But... Here's the clincher. Not only did they have one, they had two infamous serial killers pass through and stay in their rooms. So we have Jack Unterweger. Nice. I know, right? I'm so impressed. I always thought underwear. Yeah, I did too. Jack Unterwear. And other things. Unterweger. I don't know. Okay. Jack was an Austrian native who enjoyed the pastime of writing crime and music. Oh, and also he's a serial killer. So and a serial killer, and you know, just likes long walks on the beach and mutilating His story women. Is so weird. It's weird. Okay, Unterweger. I'm gonna call him Jack for the rest of the story, though. <laughs> yeah, he committed murders in several countries from 1974 to 1992. His game was to get a lady, beat her, sexually assault her, and then strangle her with her own bra. Because a woman being forced to wear a bra is not bad enough add insult to injury and strangle her with it sex workers were his main target as per the usual serial killer playbook it is said that jackie boy hears about richard ramirez doing his thing over here in the land of the free and admires him for his work now this i it might be speculation i don't i i don't know but He is hired by an Austrian magazine to write about the crime in L.A. and the differences between U.S. and European attitudes towards prostitution. Now, clearly, the company didn't bother to ask what his attitude was towards sex workers. Jack comes to L.A., stays at the Cecil, and meets up with local PD. He even gets to go on ride-alongs with the officers and meets the local sex workers. Not long after Jack is in town for his research... Three prostitutes are found dead, but not just dead. Beaten, sexually assaulted with tree branches, and strangled with their own bras again. Tree branches. Ouch. Ew. And I'm guessing he didn't want to leave DNA. Or other issues that I don't really want to contemplate. I think it would be kind of hard to find tree branches in L.A. City parks. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't say what kind of trees. <laughs> I mean, was that a thing? Like, this? Yeah. I okay. So here's something I don't get mm-hmm. about Jack. I don't. Maybe this turned up in your research. So he had already been convicted of murder and was let out after becoming a famous author because he wrote a book while he was in prison. So they let him out because he became a celebrity while he was in prison. They did let him go. That's that's just weird. He became a celebrity mm-hmm. while in prison for murder. Oh, yeah. And they're like, eh, you know, oh, yeah. it's been 15 years. He'll be fine. Go on. Yeah. And then nothing, a convicted murderer, no passport information, like no problems at the airport, TSA, nothing. Like <laughs> nothing pops up when you nothing. type in that name? Nope. No, and Austria. So Austria, they did keep 
um, an eye on him mm-hmm. after they let him out. They did keep tabs on him until he went to America, and then they were like, eh, not, not our, our problem. problem anymore. Yeah. yeah. So there he commits three more murders. Which, by the way. Brutal um, murders. Whoever the casting director was for the documentary. Mm-hmm. You couldn't find an actor that could do an Austrian accent? Exactly. I mean, this guy just sounded like, I'm from Midwest United exactly. States. <laughs> I thought, like, when I watched it, I was so confused. I thought it was fake. Like, I thought, that I, whenever I was watching it, I was sitting there thinking, okay, they're doing, like, a mini drama inside this documentary. I don't really yeah. understand. And he looked like a CIA agent or something because he was so Midwestern, clean, unrecognized, un. un unremarkable zero accent and then yeah no accent supposed to be from Aust- where arnold schwarzenegger's from if Who i'm has, not mistaken you know a little bit of an accent <laughs> uh, slight slight you know you you notice on certain words that he might be and he's lived here forever you know yeah I jack's mean, doing ride-alongs <laughs> talking like i am right now yeah so i mean yeah, that happened. And uh, then in the documentary, they're like, and Jack Unterweger, and he's, you know, a serial killer. And I'm like, what? Twist ending. I had to go Google it to make sure he was actually a serial killer. <laughs> and the, not this wasn't just like a weird. Like a joke. <laughs> or Like they just decided to do like a cinematic thing that yeah. they made up. I don't know. It was very confusing. Now, the documentary is really good. However, what? Yeah. That part, what? Okay. And like the reveal. Where they just have like the actor playing him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "And I'm also here for another reason." And he was like putting on his sunglasses, and he's yes. like, "I like Richard Ramirez, you know, like I'm a killer." Like, oh my what? God. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> they did not portray him very well, but like in real life, he was like, "It's crazy." A that musician, you have, yeah. And I, it was you have this killer that celebrity. idolizes. You know, it, it's kind of funny because you hear about, like, sometimes, uh, not so much lately. Yeah. But previously, other countries have looked up to Americans and the American way of life as being cool. Mm-hmm. And here you have that situation, except with a psychopath. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, the Night Stalker. That's my new idol, you know? Like, you're cool. You're cool. So he goes and stays in a... I doubt he stayed in the same room. I don't know how you would have gotten that information. Yeah. But in the documentary, he said, you know, I stayed in the same room. Okay, good for you. Yeah. But it was just so weird that he came over here just to hang out where the Night Stalker hung out and kill a few people. Mm-hmm. And, like, did it on his company's dime. Yeah. Like, to me, I'm like, man, Had the cops drive him around and show him where to find hookers. (laughs) Is that okay to say? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he did. And I'm just like, you had the cops escort you to your victims. Like, this guy is savage. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not condoning what he did, but... However, he did say that he wanted to be a famous serial killer like Ramirez. Yeah. But then after three kills, he bails. He went back to Austria and he just wanted to come. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to come over here and try his hand in the Night Stalker's territory. International serial killer. To see if he could. He did. He came. He saw. He conquered. He murdered. Brutally did the things. He used a fancy knot. back to Europe and was eventually caught. So overall, it was thought that Jack committed 11 murders, 
including one in Prague and three in L.A., and the rest in Austria. He was caught and found guilty of nine of the murders, but hanged himself shortly after being sentenced to life in prison. He was found hanged with the laces from his shoes and the cord from his sweatpants with the exact same knot found in the bras used on his victims. (laughs) What do you say about Jack underwear? I mean, I guess he died by his own choice on his terms. Oh, yeah. No, he he basically made it known to them that, like, I'm going to take your victory away from you. I think he, I don't know if he I left don't a don't have note. a lot of respect yeah. for murderers. Right. Okay. So, with that out of the way, <laughs> a copycat killer or a killer that, like, looks up to a different murderer, mm-hmm. you know, and tries to emulate them, to me, is kind of a wuss. You yeah. Know? Kind of a slimy guy. Well, he's like, hey. You're another member of of the trade. And he's probably gotten more recognition for being part of this Cecil Hotel thing Mm -hmm. than for his own actions as a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. As if he needed more. So we have two serial killers who stayed at the Cecil whilst murdering... Very weird. ...people of L.A. I mean, definitely is a statistic that could have happened at other hotels... But this is the only time I've heard of multiple serial killers staying at the same place. The, I mean, in, infamous yeah. serial killers. Yeah. But that's not the only murder celebrity that we have associated with the Cecil. We also have Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia. So if you don't know about the Black Dahlia, Matt and I are going to do a show on her one day. But just in short, Elizabeth Short... <laughs> um, I didn't mean, I know. Uh, She lived in L.A. She was... um, Your typical story of, I'm going to move to California and become a famous actress. Yes. Um, I'm going to move to California, become a famous actress. Doesn't quite work out. She kind of falls on hard times. She was a beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, Gets in with some very rich uh, people, but unfortunately does not make the big time she's trying she's networking she's not really making it um she was actually um kind of an alcoholic <laughs> she, yeah she was a partier and also a lesbian doing everything she could it seemed to get noticed by somebody hoping that she would be in the right <laughs> bar at the right time yes so that sort of thing she was known for uh, drinking in the hotel bar of the Cecil uh, Hotel. And she had been seen there before her murder. It's not a super significant piece of evidence for the, her case, other than the Cecil is already known for other, mm. you know, famous unsavory characters and extreme violence. And then here we have a woman who's cut in two and mutilated who was drinking at this same shady establishment beforehand. I mean, the Black Guy is like one of the most famous murder cases in history mm-hmm. and was never solved. Yeah. It's been, I mean, shows, television shows, movies, documentaries, yeah. like, yeah. it's kind of a big deal. It um, is. And while it, it's not directly tied to the hotel, it, it was part of her stomping grounds you know so i mm-hmm. think it's relevant to this story. it is relevant especially for an establishment known for murder 
and which has hosted two significant serial killers that we know about, you know, it is quite possible that someone staying there. Her killer could have been staying exactly. there. Exactly. Um, Another interesting thing about the hotel, because of when it was built and everything, we have some very high crime hotels here in town. All cities have them. Mm-hmm. But this one was like really nice on the inside. Yeah. Like it was like a fancy place whenever you walked in there. It wouldn't be like the type of place that you would think all this crazy stuff's going on. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she was necessarily just like slumming it by being in the hotel bar. Like right, yeah. American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez being yes. featured on there. He was also featured in another season with a whole slew of serial killers. And that particular season was about a hotel. Mm-hmm. I believe it was in the show. It was called the Cortez. Yes, it was the it was a fake version of the Cecil. Right. But here's what bothers me about it. The hotel, to me, seemed more based on, I believe his name was H.H. H. Holmes, mm-hmm. uh, who was like the first serial killer, I believe. American serial yeah. killer, yes. And had built a hotel to do all of his killings in and like that was the main character of that season Mm -hmm. and it's his hotel but the cecil hotel wasn't his hotel yeah so it's just kind of weird that they did that how they tied the cortez into the cecil and put it in la but it was about this guy who i think was in chicago or someplace Mm -hmm. who will obviously do a show about him because oh yeah the stuff that man did he's a good one he was a genius, a freaking genius. He really was. There are actually uh, theories that he was Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Because he was, he would leave for periods of time. The Makes same sense. time the Ripper crimes were happening. But yeah, but the, the thing about American Horror Story with their, you know, fake version of the Cecil is they based the murders off the real tragedies that happened there. Mm-hmm. They added in all kinds of other weird things, but... Yeah. Lady Gaga being a vampire, for instance. Yeah, that. But it wasn't just tenants that were in danger at the hotel. Employees were in danger at that hotel. I mean, you'd have to assume so. So, in 1964, a 65-year-old telephone operator named Pigeon Goldie Osgood. Pigeon? Every account that I found, they labeled her as eccentric older woman. I can't imagine a name like Pigeon. Pigeon Goldie. She was found beaten, raped, and stabbed in her room at the hotel where she had been living for five years. Five years. Yep. Hmm. I, you know, I, I would understand randoms and stuff like that, but uh, a regular that lives there, a tenant. And they said, like her friends said, they had just seen, it, it seems like a few minutes before a, uh, I think it was a phone directory salesman came by and found her. So, I mean, there's um, suicides, murders, stabbings. I mean, there's just, there's a whole victim list. And that's just the ones that they felt like publishing. I didn't feel I think that we should get into all of them because right. the Cecil, you can watch a documentary or the Cecil's just weird. Go look it up. But there was one that was pretty interesting and it was in the documentary where this, they find this couple on the sidewalk having fallen to their deaths. Like, clearly jumpers from the Cecil Hotel. And the woman is so-and-so, 
and the man is so-and-so, but the man is not her husband. Right. So they, the police immediately think, okay, that's that's her boyfriend, her, you know, she's having a tryst, whatever. They do all of this investigation. They go talk to the actual husband. They talk to, you know, the guy. They find out, you know, he has his wallet on him and stuff. She does not have any identification on her, so they had to go find her room. This is kind of crazy. It's like, all right, these two jumped to their death. You know, were they having an affair? And the husband's like, you know, she was leaving me. She was really distraught about it. We had talked earlier because then they thought the husband pushed them. He mm-hmm. found them in illicit activities and pushed them. Anyway, it turns out this woman jumped to her death and landed on this poor man and killed him. Horrible luck. Horrible luck, which is now associated with the Cecil Hotel. That's the kind of stuff I worry about. <laughs> <laughs> you know your final destination fears and mine are so different somehow some idiot has figured out a way to jump off of an airplane that's in mid-flight oh my God. and really? he's gonna fall twelve thousand feet and nail me while i'm like walking out to check the mail or something sitting on the toilet yeah I swear, Jurassic Park really messed me up. I have issues about sitting on the toilet now. <laughs> that and Legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah, but it was it was crazy. Like, just the whole investigation, yeah. you know. Then I, the couple had been fighting. Mm-hmm. She's staying at the hotel because of the fight. And you're just like, oh, well, yeah, this is clearly foul play. Clearly. And the lady next door had... Um, she was like listening to the fight like she had her ear against the wall listening to the fight and so she told the cops that man there were things said you can't take back horrible hateful things you know they found only one side of the bed had been slept in so it didn't look rumpled and like fun shenanigans that happened between the two and they went and looked in the bathroom and it was just like full of tissues across the counter she had been crying her eyes out yeah so then she uh had some booze and liquid courage and jumped to her death. I didn't understand that part either. That seemed like, I mean, obviously there is some stuff in the marriage that we do not know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> seemed like a little overdramatic <laughs> for one argument, you know. <laughs> I think a lot of it was finances. That gets stressful. Yeah. That can cause some strain. What a dame. Dame. Legs up to her neck. Yeah, my favorite part of that, um, that documentary was the detective, he's like pulling, he's rifling through her purse, which most men are very timid to do. Um, But he's rifling through her purse and he's like, we have rouge, we have mascara, we have lipstick, we have, um, I mean, he's like naming off all the makeup items. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, both thoroughly impressed and wondering, like, did they, like, did a woman write this script for him or... (laughs) Because he was the acting and the writing for that particular segment was hard to make it through. It I mean, the rough. first problem was the constant cutscenes to like B roll footage of the 1960s yes. when it took place. Yeah, and then they would show just like a new Altima driving down the road. Yes, like yeah. the closing scene literally had them standing with satellite dishes on the apartments behind them across the street. You know, and it was just yeah. like, wow. And they do all that big buildup. You know, they separate or whatever. Like, he's going to go question the husband again that they caught rifling through the room. And mm-hmm. he's going to go back. And he comes back and he's just like, oh, I solved the entire case while you guys were doing this. 
you know we've yeah. been partners on the investigation yeah the first time we separate i figured it all out his hands are in his pockets yeah really? that's what it was yeah that that's what you came up with like yeah his hands are in his pockets when well, what what do you do when you walk they showed yeah. the bodies yeah and the, the guy's first like thing you notice is his hands are in his pockets the other detectives like well i i put my hands in my pockets when i'm cold or when i'm when walking i'm walking down the street, down the street. <laughs> <laughs> no but it was it is crazy though that like this murder accidental murder suicide happened that poor bastard i know just going for a morning stroll and they asked her, they were like, do you think he would be involved in an affair? And she's like, he's not like that. I think it was the neighbor they talked to, maybe. Yeah. She's, you know, he's not like that. He's so nice and he you're mows my lawn down for me. the street. How about this? How about if you're going to be <laughs> one of those selfish people that commits suicide by jumping out of a window, mm-hmm. look down before you jump and make sure nobody's coming, you know? Well, maybe she didn't want to look down. She was scared. She's taking her own life. She's a coward. Have some decency. <laughs> you know, I make sure mean, you're not going to land on anybody. You know. Or land on somebody's nice car. That's another one that they always do in movies. Yeah. They have them just like total a car. You know, insurance isn't covering that. Mm-hmm. What happened to your car? Somebody jumped and landed on it. Yep. From 30 floors up. It's rude. It is rude. The Cecil Hotel decided to rebrand itself in the year 2011 to distance itself from its dark history and it became the stay on maine although i don't think it worked because then after that american horror story did its thing and then netflix amazon prime and all the other documentary things happened featuring the cecil and all that's not even including the vast amount of dedicated and curious paranormal researchers who have flocked to the hotel to do their own investigations as the Cecil is like the most haunted hotel in L.A. at least. Including Ghost Adventures. Yes. That's a big name. Yep. So some believe that due to Richard Ramirez's Satanism, he may have caused a demonic infestation at the hotel that is rapidly spreading across the hotel and that's what causes all the, the bad. lady threw a baby out the <laughs> you know all these things happen before he stayed there but it's he's getting blamed you know, for everything i mean it's probably by his fan base that's doing it too like uh, that's yeah. because of richard he stayed there <laughs> hail satan hail satan you know how did you like that how they like kept cutting back to that i know they spent like the majority of the documentary talking about the fact that he had stayed there uh-huh like, oh, yeah, we get it, but this isn't about him. Yeah, this isn't your claim to fame. There are other crazy things that have happened at the Cecil Hotel. So the hotel closed in 2017 for renovation, and the project is supposed to be completed this year, 2021. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. Uh, in February 2017, the Los Angeles City Council voted to deem the Cecil a historic cultural monument. <laughs> that makes sense. Because it is a representative of the early 20th century American yeah. hotel and because of the historic significance of the architect's body of work. Yeah. yeah. Just like the Dahmer house. You know. Come on. Yeah. Sure, that's why you did it. Can I tell you? You can. That the home of Buffalo Bill, his house is now a bed and breakfast and I want to go stay there. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. It's in Pennsylvania. Road trip. I wonder if they provide lotion. (laughs) They are fighting to keep the well. So I thought it would be fun to end this show with 
the awesome Yelp reviews of people who stayed <laughs> at, Yelp reviews at the Cecil Hotel and provided feedback. I mean, could you provide trash bags in your rooms? <laughs> like, what do they ask for at the Cecil? Like, One of my favorite reviews, which I didn't list on here, but I'm going to say it anyway, was this person that was like, ugh. There was no Wi-Fi and like parking was outrageous. $21 a day. I mean, I guess it's okay if you could like split it with somebody, but that's just outrageous. Like that was his review and it made me laugh, but then it also made me think of that's probably why Richard Ramirez stole cars so much <laughs> so he didn't have to pay for parking. <laughs> okay. First review. There were no bugs and this is a great place to crash if you'd rather not sleep on the street. I would never... <laughs> Wait, next line. I would never recommend coming here. Apparently, they're closing down in a month, which is something I'm 100% supportive of. Actually, Stay on Main is actually the Cecil Hotel, which is something I didn't know when I arrived. So that's a thing. Next one. Needless to say, there was not much sleep for my daughter and I. It takes a lot to freak me out, but this place did me in. And also, I did not know the history of this hotel and never heard of it before I stayed here. Right. Then why were you freaked out? Because it's a shady place. Okay. Next one. A lot of murder and crime here. Do not stay here. You will be disappointed and scared. You is spelt you, by the way. Wait. A lot of murder and crime. You will be disappointed. And scared. (laughs) So there was a lot of murder and crime that took place while they were staying there? Yeah. Or maybe they found out there was a lot of murder and crime. They probably have like a whole like brochure laying on the table whenever you walk into the room. <laughs> like, welcome to the fabulous Cecil Hotel. <laughs> There's a lot of murder and crime here. <laughs> Next one. The clerk mentioned some things I must agree on and sign before being handed the room key, such as no drugs allowed in the room or in the hotel. And I thought to myself, quote, you in danger, girl. End quote. Mm -hmm. next one my advice pick somewhere else to stay for a little more money this place is scary i thought you were going to say on the one where they had to sign the waiver like (laughs) if you taste funny water (laughs) you can't sue us you can't sue us they probably do have like a waiver for that they probably do if you die here you can't sue us if you are raped stabbed beaten mutilated you can't sue us and (laughs) if you get some weird disease from drinking dead body water you can't sue us yeah yeah and if the elevator doesn't work properly (laughs) yeah you know okay next one As we make our trip down the hall, things get scarier. The paint's peeling, and there are people screaming at one another. Our room did have a bathroom, which was a nice surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Are there hotel rooms without bathrooms? Yes. But honestly, it didn't make a bit of difference because we were living in a god nightmare. Wow. So here's the deal with me. If I haven't even made it to my room yet... And I'm already hearing screaming coming from other rooms. <laughs> I'm checking right back out. I'm getting a refund. Oh, this one. There is little to love here beyond its lavish lobby. Not to mention they found a dead girl in the water tower not long after we stayed there. Like, bruh. Okay, keep in mind, I told you where little Richie stayed. Mm-hmm. My room was on the 14th floor. 
Soon as I entered the room, there was a presence. It was like nothing I have ever felt before. It was not a good feeling. It felt cold and alone and that I gave up on love and happiness. Like this is a Yelp review or Expedia <laughs> review. Like it's very personal. Dot com. I mean, this is not Dr. Phil. This is <laughs> okay. Stinks, no AC, <laughs> hot as heck in the tiny rooms, toddler bed sizes, bunch of prostitutes patrolling in the front, ugh, and no parking either. Like, people have died They're here. really worried about the parking. People have died here. You know, they've been murdered, suicide, all these crazy things, and they're like, ugh prostitutes all over the place like no parking no wi-fi and they said continental <laughs> breakfast but it was uh, just cold coffee this one was interesting to me though it's the last one took me 45 minutes to check in and they were really slow and really rude they didn't allow visitors so like just two people in the room were allowed rude security and staff I just thought that was interesting. No visitors or anything like that, you know, which I guess like if (laughs) you're in a homeless area, you don't want people squatting and staying forever. But there was a hotel that me and my friends used to use as a party location. When your house was being fumigated. When my house was being fumigated. (laughs) True story. I uh, rented a room there one night, one afternoon, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me and my friend went up to the room. He stayed there to call some people to invite them mm-hmm. to the party. I left to pick up a couple people. By the time I got back, we had already been kicked out of the hotel for making too many phone calls. Are you serious? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. So the Houses. the number of people actually doesn't surprise me that much. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the Cecil is doing their best to turn things around yeah control things but i don't think that's gonna happen (laughs) i think it's gonna help when you're featured on on like (laughs) netflix documentaries and discovery plus and like amazon like no the manager that was featured on that documentary on the netflix documentary that was a you know, I just want, for once in my life, Matt, I just want someone to talk about me the way she talks about the Cecil Hotel. So much love. A lot of love. There was so much love. She was so complimentary of that. She was very defensive. <laughs> very defensive, very protective, and probably not getting paid enough to be that into it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's just. Would you stay at the Cecil Hotel? Just because, you know, I have th- the stuff we're into. Okay. I have three words for you. Dead body water. <laughs> no. What if you could take bottled water with no. you? No. No. I would go to the Cecil Hotel and like look at it. <laughs> Drive by. I, w- I would walk by. Take a selfie. With the prostitutes and, and like touch the side of it and say, Yeah. I would walk in and walk right back mm. out and be like, yeah, I went to the Cecil. But um, then I would go to, you know, better places to go in L.A. I just really never want to go to L.A. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many other places I want to go. Not a real inviting place. No, it's scary. It scares me. So, no. Um, but, yeah, no, I have, you know, we had talked to someone before the show and they were like, I want to stay there. And I'm like, that's the reaction you got from the watch. That's your takeaway. I don't want. I don't want to stay at any hotel after this. Like, no. I. I don't even. No, 
I remember they used to go around to the hotel rooms that on that television show where they did like a whole set. It was like 60 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't 60 minutes, but it was one of those shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they went around and they just went to like a bunch of hotels with black lights. Oh. And were like showing you like how dirty they were and stuff. Oh. Yeah. That did it for me. Yeah. I used to work, like I said, for a hotel chain. And um, it actually was one of my favorite jobs because of my OCD. Like you go into a, a trashed room and like you put everything in the exact same place in every room and mm-hmm. make it clean. It was my OCD was happy. But I will tell you, housekeepers are severely underpaid, mm-hmm. not just for the things they have to face, but for the physical work. Mm-hmm. Within the first week, it felt like I had been hit like a Mack truck. Like I was exhausted the amount of labor that goes into it. But the things that I encountered, um, I had, there was a couple, I was cleaning rooms and there was a couple that came out. The gentleman came out holding wadded up bloody sheets. And I mean, they were red blood sheets. And he's like, uh, my girlfriend had a nosebleed and I'm just looking at him. I'm like, yeah, we both know you're lying. Yeah. And after doing research on the Cecil, now I'm wondering if I overthought that a little bit and if I could just overthink it a little bit more and maybe he was the next Richard Ramirez. Yeah, I, I, I've <clears> been <throat> in some seedy places for sure, but... Uh, <clears throat> See, this hotel wasn't seedy. It was actually, it was right. a standard chain hotel. And uh, But I'll tell you, the most scared I was ever in that hotel was not Mr. Bloody Sheets, dude. Not the weird other things I found in people's rooms, you know, going on. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, I was a very good housekeeper and I was cleaning above the mirror in the bathroom and I went to slide my hand along the top of the mirror with the rag on my hand, you know, Mm -hmm. and hit something and knocked it to the floor. And when I looked down, it was a syringe and I immediately had to sit down and put my head between my legs because I thought I was going to pass out. I was ready to vomit. I was, it had a cap on, thank God. But there, my, I went and told my manager and he had been stuck one without a cap. And, oh, and it's like the, it's the most terrifying experience yeah. of my life. That was the most terrifying experience in a hotel. <laughs> that being said, still not as bad as dead body water. Yeah. And I guess that is the main takeaway from the Cecil Hotel, you know, if you're staying in a hotel, mm-hmm. always sniff the water before you drink it. <laughs> Seriously, pull the sheets back. When you get in the room, pull the sheets back, look for hair, debris, and yeah. check the corners of your mattresses and pillows for bed bugs. Straight up do it. Yeah. Every time. People are nasty. And smell your water on Planet Fear. On Planet Fear. Be sure to check out our website, planetfearpodcast.com, for links to our social media, contact information, and our latest episodes. 